We'll get into the word this morning, and I do feel like the Lord has put a word of, uh, from the scripture on my heart to bring to you today. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. You should know where to find that. We were in Matthew for about 10 weeks in a row with, <laughs> with the, uh, uh, the Beatitudes. Uh, but we're going to look at Matthew beginning with chapter 7, verse number 7. And I want to read to you some scripture that contains three little words that I believe that if we really, really understand what God is telling us and what Christ is telling us, I believe it will really change our hearts. It will change our lives. So this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 7. He says, ask, and it shall be given. Some of your translations may say will be given. But the implication is when you ask, you're going to be given. And then he says, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives. And he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Or what man of you is there of whom if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if his son asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask? And I would ask you to just bow your heads for a moment and, and let's pray together and ask the Lord for his help and for his mercy and his anointing in preaching the word. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you and we ask you for divine anointing in speaking. What you have laid upon my heart this morning. I would ask today, God, that you would inspire my thoughts, that you would put your word in my mouth, and that you would allow me, Heavenly Father, to speak as an instrument in your hand. I ask, O oh God, that everything that is said and everything that is done, that it would be done and said to glorify the Lord. I pray right now, God, that you will bless me to be a blessing. Of my own ability, I am incapable. But if you will touch me, then, Lord, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. If you will anoint me, and you will put your words in my mind and in my heart and in my mouth. I know that they will be sown upon good ground. And for these things this morning we ask, let Christ be glorified, the people of God be edified, and for all of these things we will thank you now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone in agreement said amen. So I want to title my message this morning, Ask, Seek, and knock. I want us to consider the powerful potential that rests in those three little simple words. Here in our text, Jesus is teaching us about the powerful potential in prayer and, and the potential that exists when we develop a prayer life. I submit to you that when we take the time to study the life of Jesus, we can't help but notice that he was a man of prayer. When we take the time to study the life of Jesus, we can't help but notice that there were times that he spent all night in prayer. All night calling upon the name of his father. And I would submit to you this morning, saints of God, that our greatest weapon of spiritual warfare 
is prayer. The greatest tool at our disposal is prayer. The greatest defense that we could possess as a believer is the privilege of prayer. Prayer is incredibly powerful. Prayer is what parted the Red Sea. Prayer is what, amen, provided provision in the wilderness every day for nearly four million Israelites. Stop and think about it for a moment this morning. In order to feed four million people, God would have had to rain about 15 tons of bread out of heaven every day. Amen. He would have had to provide it about 11 million gallons of water every day. And he did so because of the prayer that Moses prayed. Prayer is what caused the sun to stand still. When Joshua fought with the five kings of the Amorites, and you can find that in the book of Joshua chapter 10, prayer removed the heat out of the fiery furnace for the three Hebrew children. Prayer locked the jaws of a den of hungry lions when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. The power of prayer has healed the sick, raised the dead, defeated armies, and overwhelmed adversaries. Prayer has opened the windows of heaven and given rain and, and caused barren women to give, uh, amen, birth to a new generation. Prayer is the power that has defeated armies, uh, fed multitudes, turned water into wine, opened prison doors, uh, and unchained those who were in captivity. And the power of prayer this morning is what can change your life. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 34, verse number 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ear is open unto their cry or open unto their prayer. Psalms 34 and 17 says the righteous cry, the righteous call, the righteous pray. Amen. And the Lord hears them and delivers them, not out of some of their troubles, but he said, the Lord delivers them out of all of their troubles. Psalms 50 and 15, and I've told people before, if you don't have this one marked in your Bible, you ought to just put it a little mark next to it. Psalms 50 and 15, this is what God says. He says, call upon me in your day of trouble. Any of you ever had a day of trouble? Any of you ever had a day that went from bad to worse? Here's what God says. Call upon me in your day of trouble, and I will, not I might, not I'll think about it, but I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I believe that. I believe that this morning. The greatest weapon that the church possesses is the power of prayer. That's why the Bible tells us in James chapter 5 and verse 16 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman avails much. The fervent prayer, I tell you this morning, without any uncertainty that we will never be spiritually stronger than our prayer life allows us to be. I want that to sink in for a moment. We will never be spiritually stronger than our prayer life allows us to be. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Individuals who have done great things for God and individuals that God has done great things for were people of prayer. Let me ask you this morning a hypothetical question. In the theater of your mind, you can create this image that I'm about to describe, but... In your mind, imagine that you are in the woods, you are walking down a trail, 
a game trail, and all of a sudden, a big old bear jumps out in front of you. Standing on its hind legs, its teeth are bared and snarling, and it's growling to the top of its lungs. And he makes it absolutely clear to you that you are in a world of hurt. What would you do? Well, you can't run because it's a proven scientific fact that bears can outrun human beings. <laughs> Somebody said, preacher, all I need to do is outrun you. You can't climb a tree, a bear can outclimb any one of us at any time. So what would you do? When I was putting my sermon notes together and I got to this portion of this hypothetical question, I couldn't help but think of a friend of mine. Uh, he and I went elk hunting and we had hunted all morning and we sat down on a little quiet place on a log and there was a bunch of little quaking, quaking trees, quaking aspen trees that were around us and we're eating lunch and just kind of whispering together. And I look up at this one tree and about, I don't know, nine, ten feet up from the stump, you can see where a bear had just clawed the tree and raked the tree. And my friend looks at me and he says, if you see one, go ahead and shoot it. I have a bear tag. I said to him, I don't care if you have a tag or not. If I see a bear that big, I'm shooting. <laughs> so what would you do? And since we're talking about hypothetical questions, let me add another layer of information to that story. Now let's suppose that you meet the bear and you are armed with a long gun. You are armed with pepper spray. You are armed with a large caliber handgun. Does that give you any more confidence? Do you suppose that carrying that weapon would give you some options other than run or climb a tree? I think so. Do you suppose that the potential to change the outcome of that situation now exists? Of course it does. Now you have the capability of protecting yourself. That, beloved, is the power of prayer. That is the power and the potential of prayer. Prayer has the potential to change the outcome of your situation. Prayer has the power to change the outcome of your circumstances. Prayer has the potential to change the outcome of your problem. I don't know why we deal, amen, with certain things in our life when all we have to do is take it to the Lord in prayer. Brooke reminded us last week of the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. We may not be facing a bear in the woods, but I will tell you that every day we face an adversary that is out to take us out. We face an adversary that has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the truth of the matter is that God has not left us unarmed or defenseless, but he has given to us the power of ask and the power of seek and the power and the potential of knock. But it is up to us to use it. Jesus gives us the opportunity here in our text to experience God's power working in our lives and God's power at work in our circumstances by doing three very simple things. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. He says in verse 7, ask. And it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, 
and it shall be opened unto you. He's telling us to ask. And then he gives us the reassurance that if we ask and we are his child, it will be given to us. He's telling us to seek and then he gives us the assurance that if we are his child that we will find. He's telling us that we have the authority to come and knock on the door. Amen. And when we knock, he promises that he will open that door unto us. And you may be here this morning thinking to yourself, Pastor Gary, I believe that God can, but I'm not sure that he's talking about me. How many of you read those verses and say, well, I believe God's word is true, but I'm not sure that it's for me. Well, he takes care of that in verse number eight. He says, for everyone that asks and everyone that seeks and everyone that knocks, amen, everyone. How many of you know that means you? That means me. You don't have to be part of an elite group. You don't have to be part of a great ministry. You don't have to be part of a great organization. You don't need to belong to a certain denomination. All you need to be is a child of the living God, and he said that this is for you. Hmm. Everyone that asks, everyone that seeks, everyone that knocks, everyone means me, everyone means you. So understand this morning that he gives us the potential, the power of ask, seek, and knock. And then he says, I'm talking to you. I want you to know that this is for you. It's for everyone. Not just the ministry, not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, but you. Everyone, amen, let's look this morning at the power of those three little words. The first word that we want to examine is the word ask. Jesus says, ask and it shall be given. That is such a simple statement, and yet it is so very profound. He's telling us that all we need to do is take our needs to the Lord in prayer believing that he desires for us to come before him in an attitude of faith and that he will answer our prayer. But let me ask you a very, very serious question this morning. What happens if we don't ask? What happens if we don't ask? I would suggest that if we do not ask, it shall not be given unto us. Amen. Here's what I came to tell you this morning. Don't expect God to answer prayers that you never prayed. Hello? Don't expect God to answer prayers that you never prayed. Jesus is saying, ask and it shall be given unto you. I'm prone to believe that the same principle applies in the, amen, in the reverse. Amen. If you, if you don't ask, don't expect to receive. In fact, the Bible says, the Bible says in James chapter four and two that we have not because we ask not. So if we're not asking, don't expect to receive. Don't expect. Do you suppose this morning that there are some things that God is desiring to do in your life, in your circumstances, in your situation? Do you believe that there could be some things that God would like to answer, but you just simply haven't asked? To be honest, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't always ask, do we? Oh, we talk to family and friends and we get their advice. We, uh, you know, we go to sleep and hope for the best. But we seldom seemed proactive in our prayer. So why is it this morning that we don't always ask, even when he says for us to ask? I want to give you three real quick reasons. Three quick reasons why sometimes we fail to ask as he instructs us to do. Number one, pride. 
I can handle this. I got myself into this mess. I can get myself out of this mess. We have that I can handle it myself mentality. I can figure my own way out. Pride. Often pride will cause us to refrain from asking. Number two, unbelief. Number two, unbelief. We just don't think that God will. He might do it for someone else, but I don't believe that he would ever do that for me. Like the leper who came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 2. The Bible said a leper came to Jesus, and this is what the leper said. Sometimes we have the leper mentality. This is what the leper said. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. The leper knew that he could. He just wasn't sure that he would. You can if you will. And you know what Jesus said to him? I will. And he reached out and touched him and said, be thou clean. Well, I came to tell you this morning, amen, that if you don't believe that God will do it for you, you have the leper mentality. And I came to tell you, amen, what God did for somebody else, he'll do it for you. Hmm. Number three, one of the reasons that we don't often ask is just simple complacency. Simple complacency. We don't really care to be moved one way or the other. We just relinquish the outcome to whatever will be, will be. And then when we get what we get, we complain. Hello? The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart this past week and encouraged me to tell you that God is desiring to do some things in your life, in my life, in our church. But he has been restricted by the pride and the arrogance of our hearts, thinking that we can handle it ourselves. He's been restricted by our doubts and our wavering faith. He's been restricted by the complacency and the temperature of our spiritual appetite. He's been restricted by the fact that we have not asked. And I came to tell you this morning, amen, that there are some things that God is desiring to do in your life, in my life, and in Elevation Worship Center. But we need to open our eyes and open our heart and open our mouth and be begin to ask and begin to believe God to do the impossible and in, amen, in impossible times. Amen. We need to have a faith that God can and God will and all we need to do is open our mouth and ask. How should we ask? Let me give you three quick things of how we should ask. We should ask according to his will. Ask according to his will. Here's what he says about asking according to his will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. John writes and he says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So number one, how should we ask? We should ask according to his will. How can we know, Pastor Gary, what is his will? His word. His word is his will. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 37, the Bible says, um, um, seek the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. Well, let me just tell you, if you're seeking the Lord, your desires are going to be his desires. So when you pray out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak and you're going to pray. Amen. And you're going to desire exactly what the Lord's desiring. Does that make sense? So pray according to his will. Delight yourself in the Lord is what the scripture says. And he will give you the desire of your heart. Amen. That word delight means that he is to be our delight. 
Not for him to delight in us, but, amen, he is to be our delight. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, amen, we desire what he desires. So, number one, pray according to his will. Number two, pray in faith. James chapter 1 and verse 6 says, Let the man that prays, let him ask in faith. Let nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a, a, a wave of the sea driven, amen, tossed with the wind. And he says, for let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord, for a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if we ask, we should ask in faith, faith in our hearts, that not only he hears us, but that he will, that we have the petitions that we ask of him. Number three, we should ask for his help with great boldness. Here's what the Bible said in Ephesians 4 and verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest, amen, that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or let us hold fast to our faith, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin and he concludes by saying therefore let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of our need so when we are in need we need to come to him amen asking according to his will asking in faith and asking with a boldness that believes that God will not only hear but that God will answer our prayer hmm. amen Jesus said these words in John 14 and 12 verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. In verse 13 he says, And whatsoever, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And just in case there was any confusion, he added verse 14. He says, and if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 15 and 7, he says, abide in me and, and, and my words abide in you and you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. John 16 and 24, Jesus said, up till now, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, but going forward, he said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18, he said, whatsoever you bind on earth, uh, amen, shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed uh, in the heavens. For if any two uh, shall agree on earth uh, as touching any one thing that they shall ask, uh, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I came to tell somebody this morning, amen, all God's waiting on is for us to open our mouth and ask in faith and believe and receive from him. A asking life leads to a receiving life. But if we ain't asking, we ain't receiving. Seek that second word. Examine that word for just a moment. Seek and you shall find. In the Greek, it literally means seeking with the purpose of of finding. It means a sense of urgency. How many of you ever lost your keys? No testimonies, but I bet there was a sense of urgency. How many of you ever lost your wallet? Ever lost your hand? Whatever they call that thing. My wife has one. 
Yeah, and all the checkbook thing, you know, the pocketbook. Is that what they call it? If you ever misplaced your pocketbook. I don't know what it's called. I know it goes in the purse. I do now a pocketbook. I was going to call it the checkbook holder. If you ever lost something, I would just imagine that there was a bit of urgency to try to find it. As a matter of fact, if it was really of great importance, you probably turned the house upside down looking for it. That's what he's talking about. Seek. Seek with an urgency. Seek with an urgency. I mean, I mean, even if you have to turn some stuff upside down, seek. And he said, you shall find. He's talking about seeking with a diligence and seeking, amen, for something of value. It presents the idea that we know that God, amen, what he has for us and, and we know that he can provide for our need and he has the ability to provide for us and we have set our hearts to seek him as if we have sought for something valuable and expecting to find what we are looking for. But once again, I ask what happens if we do not seek? You ain't finding. I know that ain't good grammar, but, but if you ain't seeking, you ain't finding. Yeah. If you ain't seeking, you're not going to find what you're looking for. There are a lot of dissatisfied Christians in this world. Because they're not finding what they're looking for. And the problem is they're not seeking for what they need to find. When you start seeking, you'll find it. There are some discoveries that God would like to bring into our life that will never happen until we learn to become a seeker. There are some breakthroughs and some advances that God would like to bring into our life, but they will never happen. Until we learn to become a seeker. There's some revelations and some truths that God would like to unveil in our hearts. But they will never happen until we become a seeker. There are some possibilities that God desires to make a reality in our life. But they will never come about until we learn how to seek the Lord. And when we seek, God says, you will find it. Wow, what a promise. Amen. Start seeking. You may not find it the first hour. You may not find it the second hour. You may not find it the first week. You may not find it the first month. But if you keep on seeking the Lord, I assure you God has said you will find it. Seek the Lord and grow in the knowledge of his word. Seek and draw near to him. And you will find what you are looking for. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must first believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them who diligently what? Seek him. He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Psalms 105, verse 4, Seek the Lord and his strength and his face forevermore. Amen. Do you notice those scriptures are talking about seeking the face of God? Well, let me just share something with you this morning. Sometimes our problem is that we are not seeking the face of the Lord. We are seeking the hand of the Lord. Pastor Gary, what do you mean? I mean, we are not seeking the Lord to be in his presence. We are seeking what the Lord can do for us. 
I promise you that if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. You hear what I'm saying? Seek him, not what he can do. Seek the face of the Lord. Seek him. Amen. Have a desire to have an intimacy with him. Amen. And when you seek him, when you get in his presence, every lack, every need is fulfilled in the presence of our God. Isaiah 55 and 6 said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Jeremiah 20 or Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, Seek me, and in the day that you seek me with all of your heart, I shall be found. I tell you this morning, maybe you are here and you are needing to find some peace in your heart. Seek the Lord. Seek after it. Seek the Lord. Maybe you're here and you need to find some stability in the workplace. Seek the Lord. Maybe you're here and you need a spiritual revival and a spiritual renewal in your heart. Seek the Lord. Everyone that seeks will find. Seek the Lord and you will find this morning. Number three, he says knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Knock. And it shall be opened unto you. But once again, let me just ask what happens when we fail to knock. Here's what happens. If we fail to knock, we find ourselves staring at doors that will never open. If we fail to knock, we will be just looking at doors that will never open. How many of you know that God desires to open some opportunities up for you? God desires to open up revelation and information for your spirit. But it will never happen with a K-Sera-Sera kind of attitude. How many of you ever heard a policeman knock? With some authority. You know, sometimes we knock like... Hello? No, he says, knock. If we do not knock, we find ourselves missing out on opportunities and possibilities that will never materialize. If we do not knock, we will find ourselves standing on the wrong side of the door that God desires to open for our lives. If we do not knock, we will miss out on entertaining or entering into the things that God has prepared for us to do. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want to miss one opportunity that God has for me in my life. I want to knock on every door that he presents unto me. You hear what I'm saying this morning? And if we knock, he said, the doors will open, the doors of opportunity and the doors, amen, to be an effective witness and the doors to make a difference in the life of someone else. Amen. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But it'll never open if you never knock. And I'm going to close with the final verses of the text. Jesus said, What man of you is there of whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Now, put this together. He's saying ask, seek, and knock. Because if you ask, and you seek and you knock, you're going to receive, you're going to find, and it's going to be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds, and everyone that knocks, it shall be opened unto you. For what? This is all connected. For what man of you is there if his son would ask bread, you would give him a stone? Now, picture in your mind, it's not difficult. Picture in your mind one of these little ones running around here, coming to mama and coming to daddy and saying, I'm hungry. And you would give them a stone. Here, no on that. Hello? 
You wouldn't do that. You'd go to great lengths to find something for that little child to eat. He says, if, you, if your son come to you and ask you for a fish, would you give him a serpent? No. You wouldn't give them something that would harm them. They come to you trusting with a need. And he said, you as a father would do everything in your power to give them what they need. Jesus uses the, the love of a father for his child and says, if your son asks you for bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks for fish, would you give him a serpent? Amen. He's drawing a picture for us saying, think about a little child. Jesus knew that any loving father in their right mind would take care of their children. He knew that anyone who truly loved his son or daughter would never ever even consider giving them a stone or a serpent when they were hungry and asking to be fed. As I considered the illustration that Jesus used, I couldn't help but think of some of the small children here in our congregation. How they, how they depend upon their mother and their father. Some of you haven't met Brother Chuck Faria just yet, but Brother Chuck always stood in the back before the pandemic thing. And he always had little rolls of Smarties. And when the kids come in, he would you know, always give them a Smartie. And so Brother Chuck wasn't here one day, and Rena Bell, she comes up to me and she says, Hey, where's the guy with the candy? <laughs> and so... So I told her, I said, you know what? He's not here. But I happen to know where there are some Smarties. And I said, I tell you what, from now on, when he's not here, you come and see me. And I'll make sure that you get a, a Smartie. So the next, the next service, Brother Chuck wasn't here. And Rena Bell was down here, and the service was over, and they were all kind of, you know, fixing to be dismissed. And I could see her looking out the corner of my eye, looking at me. <laughs> she knew what I had said. And she was just checking to see if I was going to follow through. And, and I had told my wife, thank God. <laughs> I had told my wife, I want you to put a little baggie of Smarties in the pulpit. And so before, before she exited the, the sanctuary, I caught her eye and I said, hey, come here. I said, I know Brother Chuck ain't here, but I promised. So I got out the bag of Smarties and boy, she just, and can I have one for Fox? And I said, you sure can. Yeah, yeah. And can I have one for, so I said, yes, you can. So she, I mean, she got all the, you know, all the youngins a Smartie. And, and, I, and I couldn't help but think, you know, that's the way the Lord he wants us to come to him trusting and believing. Now, Rena Bell, don't even ask. She just, she, if Chuck ain't here, she just comes right up on the pulpit, gives me a hug, and she knows I'm going to give her Smarties. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and I love it. But, I, here's, but here's what I want to say. She trusted my word. How much more is God's word to be trusted? He says, child, come to me in your need, in your situation, in your circumstance. Whatever you are struggling with, whatever is straining at you, whatever is worrying you, come, ask, seek, knock. You will be given, you will find, it will be open to you. Because you are my children, I am your father, amen. And if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your heavenly father give unto you the things that you have need of? Amen, I want you to understand this morning. Amen, God may not always give us everything that we ask for. 
but he will always give to us what we need. He may not always deliver you from the fire, but he will go with you through the fire. He may not always deliver you from the problem, but he will strengthen and sustain you in the midst of the problem. I close with this. When facing obstacles in our life, we need to remember to unlock the power and the potential of ask, seek, and knock. Prayer is a powerful resource, but we must exercise that resource in order to reap the benefits of prayer. Bow your heads if you will, please. We need to be a people this morning who are in constant prayer. If there is a need in your life, there is no better time than right now to present it to the Lord. If there is a situation in your life that needs to be addressed, changed, you need God to move in that area. Then this morning, right here, right now, he instructs us to ask, to seek, and to knock. And when we ask and when we seek and we knock, we find and we receive and have the door of our petition opened unto us because of our faithful and loving Father. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, this morning I sense in my spirit that there are individuals here in this place, right here, right now, that have needs in their life. We haven't really prayed about it. We haven't really sought you about it. We haven't really even knocked on any doors about it. We've talked to friends about it. We've talked to family about it. We've garnered advice from every corner of our existence. And yet we have failed to ask. We have failed to seek and we have failed to knock, trusting that your word is true. This morning I pray, Father, this morning, I pray that right now, by your Holy Spirit, you will help us to bring to you the petitions of our heart. And Lord, that you would answer and that you would hear and that you would minister to needs even before we leave this sanctuary this morning. Let your name be exalted. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name. We pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many of you here this morning, you have a need in your heart, you have a need in your life, and you would be willing to confess, I haven't, I haven't asked, I haven't knocked, I haven't sought. I've just, I've just actually been sort of numb to the whole situation. I don't know if it's pride, I don't know if it's unbelief, I don't know what it is, but it, it but I but I have just I have not come to the Lord with it. And your message makes me realize that if I don't ask, I'll never receive. If I don't seek, I'll never find. If I don't knock, the door will never open. If that's you this morning, would you slip up your hand and go, Yes, Pastor, that's me. Your hand, your hand, your hand, all over the building here, yes. God sees hands. Oh, help me, sweet Jesus. Okay. I'm going to obey the Lord here this morning. In the middle of a pandemic, you know, we shouldn't gather around the front of the building here. But if you lifted your hand and you trust the Lord to meet your need right now, just get up and come and stand right here in front of the building. You can space yourselves out. But if you lifted your hand, you said, Pastor, that's me. I just want you to get up, come and stand right here in the front. 
We're going to share a prayer together. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Go ahead, come on. I want to pray with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. You know every circumstance, every need, every situation. Right now, God, we come because we believe. And right now, we come to ask. And right this moment, we come to seek. We come to knock on heaven's door. And right now, Heavenly Father, as we ask, and as we lay our trust in you, and we come to you according to your word, believing, then, Father, I pray right now, every need that stands here in front of you this morning. Oh, <laughs> I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that, God, you would let the answer be on the way. Minister to the need. Amen. Let the answer be given right now. Let those who seek find. Let those who knock, let it be open right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. Lord, you are the answer that we need. In Jesus' name we ask. And Lord, we will leave here praising you and thanking you and believing that we have received the answer according to your word. In Jesus' name, come and say amen.